we're, we're coming along. We're, I mean, this morning I looked, we're, we have like maybe 60 total tickets left. Okay. So that's, that's pretty good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped about that. So, yeah, that's awesome. 70, would you say 70 days left? 70 days and 60 tickets, which a couple emails and we could sell those 60 tickets. I, yeah. I gotta be honest with you, man. Like we're very lucky in that. I haven't done much promoting of this thing at all. Like a no, couple emails Why? in the fall. I did a couple emails like in January, February. I ran that little promotion for two weeks. Like the pod, yep. you know, and then the podcast yep. really. And and that's basically been it. Like I haven't done any advertising, not one yep. paid dollar. Um, no that's light. how it works though. Yeah, yeah. That's how you know it works. That's how you know. I think from my perspective, that's how you know you're doing it the right way. You know, it's yeah. just, like for us, it's almost the same thing with active agency. We don't do a lot of advertising or promotion necessarily on that. It's just, it's just relationships and referrals happen and you go to conferences and people basically are selling it for us. We're not even doing much, you know, and, um, that one, the, uh, the, the bitly link that you sent to me for the elevate conference, that was literally, you probably saw it. It was, it was in the PS of the email that I yeah. sent out. And still, you know, 30 some people clicked on it way down there, yep. you know, so it's, which is awesome. It's the way it works, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I, it is all about putting in the work. I did a, like a little Instagram post this morning and it was all about reps, right? Like that was like the basic concept of it was if you want to get good at something, if you want to build an audience, like if you want to. Yeah. sell more or do more video or you know or be creative whatever it is like you have to do that thing and and consistency plays a part in that and just it's just reps it's just you have yeah. to send the email out every whatever day it is you know what I mean yeah. every week over and over and over and then eventually all of a sudden you turn around and you're like wow I can send out an email and 500 people will click on a link and go to a yeah. thing and yeah. but that takes years to get there and I, I think that's the part that so many people miss is that uh, all everyone they're looking, everyone they watch, everyone they see, who they think has like gotten to a place, it's only because they put in the work. Like that's literally yeah, the only it's thing. Discipline. Yeah. It's, it's, this, it's the discipline of just staying consistent with it. And yeah. the only way you get past that is is when they when you have a, an understanding of that it's a long term play. Yep. And you're not doing it for necessarily some sort of end goal that you see like for like, you know, this quarter's goals or something. You don't, I mean, I don't personally, I know you don't approach it that way either. I mean, I think people that are successful don't approach it like that. It's just, you know, that if you do your thing and you, and you get the relationships and the reputation and, and all of that, everything else falls into place. Um, you know, and, and I bet that a lot of the people that are doing stuff, they're trying stuff for the first time this year, which I think is awesome. You know, I wonder how many of them are going to be there doing it six months from now because they'll lose that the discipline yep. you know what i mean and they'll just fall off yeah i i completely agree it's it's been really fun to watch um to watch all these vlogs sprout yeah. up you know you have a big you have a big you have, you have a big role in, in inspiring that which i think is fantastic you know i wonder i just i wonder how much how many of them if the percentage of them that it's going to have the longevity that you, that you have and and sid and joey and, and the others and marcus now you know all these people how, how many of them are going to be around doing that i don't know I hope all of them, but yeah. I think the percentages say probably fewer than 50%. Oh, I bet it's 20%. I bet 20% would be high. And you know what? Yeah. I, I I tend to be kind of, um, I don't know what the right term would be, but but uh, maybe um, Machiavellian on this. But like, I, I think that's fine, right? Like the cream is supposed to rise to the top. And part of being the cream is the willingness to put in the work. And I, I, I feel for people who, who, 
you know, give up and, you know, don't don't do it. And then they don't see the I feel for them. Right. I want everybody to be successful. It's why we do what we do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, no matter how good you make your product, you know, no matter how many videos I put out, no matter how many emails I send to push people, you know, all the work that we do in the collection of people who do similar things to what we do. And at the end of the day, you have to choose to do the work or not do the work. And yeah. um, and I I celebrate the fact that consistency and persistence really are what, you know, at the end of the day, they define that top 10%. And then the top 10% is separated by skill, right? So it's like you hit that top 10%, you can be the, the, the bottom percentage of the top 10% just by showing up and doing the work over and over again. And then where yeah. you rank in there is based on how much skill and you you have and how much you know time and effort you really get to being good. Um, yep. But I think that natural that natural selection is important because it it helps weed out the people who probably should be doing something else. Yeah, I, I celebrate it. yeah, <laughs> I, I love it because because think about it, if there were um, a million other people putting out a video a day, well, that's that's harder, right? I mean, yeah. it actually the this, this the um, survival of the fittest helps people that want to do the work and actually have the passion to do it. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't like that, well, then it I think it would be harder to do what we do. Um, so no, I I like it. You know, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, anyway. I know. I, I I look out over the the marketing thought leader space, and I. I've met a lot of those people like before I took the job at Agency Nation, you know, I was running in that circle of like guru, that guru circle to a certain extent. I hadn't mm-hmm. quite made it to the, to the top of that, but I was there. I just kind of stepped my foot in the bucket. There are a lot of people that have a ton of followers that a lot of people listen to that don't have a clue what they're talking about and really aren't that good. But they yeah. just have this crazy Following. thing inside them that they just show up over and over and over again. So, you know, I think um, I think we discount and uh, we'll get into something actionable for people eventually here. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think uh, I, I think we discount too much just how much how important showing up is. And, and that when you do show up, and this is the other part, and I'll, I'll stop pontificating. I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but um, I just got back from the gym, so I'm all fired up. But um, yeah, Me too. I was on the Peloton this morning. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, you know, that kind of like consistent thing is does like uh, running, biking, you know, the, the uh, elliptical thing. Like I do not have the mental to sit there and do that. Like, I just don't, I, I don't have it. I need the that's broken why the Peloton, up. That's why the Peloton works. Cause it, you know, you have that screen in front of you, the, the instructor up there screaming stuff in your ear and you got music playing and the whole really? thing, you got the leaderboard and oh, I'll have oh, to check it fantastic. out. Fantastic. If you haven't looked into it, you should check it out because I agree with you. I can't just sit on a bike or run on a treadmill. I'd go nuts. Yeah. Uh, so what is the Peloton ADD. all about? What is that? What is that about? Uh, so it's a bike. Yeah. So it's Peloton1.com, I think, is the site. It's a, it's an expensive bike. It's uh, yeah. three thousand bucks or something for the bike, and then it's forty bucks a month. But it's cool. It's a um, you know you put it in your house or whatever, and uh, has a big screen on the front of it and it taps into the internet and you can select from live classes or you can do pre-recorded classes encores they call them and it's all tracked you know there's music that plays you can do a 15 minute ride 30 minute ride 45 minute ride whatever you want to do uh then you have leaderboards and whatnot so uh 
it, it's a it's a really cool way. I'm I'm like you, I think probably in that I would get super bored um, just doing the same thing over and over again. But for some reason, I just I've been sticking with this thing. Yeah. And uh, my wife's the same way. She's on it religiously, you know, every morning. And then at uh, at Forge Three, we use Slack, so we have a Slack channel set up called F Three Hustle. So the team will post stuff in there on uh, on what we did that morning, or you know, the the workout. Yeah. So we yeah. try to motivate each other so I can take screenshots of the stats and how many watts I put out, how many calories I burned and personal records and that kind of stuff. Oh, that's you should awesome. check into it. Yeah, yeah that's should. cool. That's cool. I do this crazy like um I I, I don't know how to describe it cuz it's kind of like it's like a I I want I say a boot camp but that is like belittling the class like a boot camp it's like it's metabolic training so it's like all it's total body it's all based around like the muscle confusion um kind of idea every day and um it's kind of like p90x but with kettlebells mm-hmm. and weights and straps mm-hmm. and shit yep and yep. stuff like that so i i love it i um i love it too i i'm with you on the working out i let working out go for a while and i'm so completely hooked now that the first thing I do in the morning is look at my schedule of work and I figure out either am I going to the 8.30, the noon, or the 3.30 class that day. Like that's like the most important decision I make at 5 a.m. is which which totally. class am I going to go to? And it should be. It should be because the for at least me, and it's, I think most people are like this, if, you, if, you, if you're off your game, your workout game, if the health game is, is not on, everything else falls apart yeah. or it suffers. It doesn't fall apart, but it, it, it's harder to figure out how to think clearly about a big challenge with the business or how to, you know, have the energy to get through some, a long day or whatever. Yeah. Um, for me, even conferences, you know, I'm not sure if you do the same thing when you're presenting and keynoting and stuff. Um, but these past two weeks I was on the road and especially the day of the keynote when I, when I was on stage, I'd be up at five o'clock in the morning and I'd be running around on the treadmill or something just to get the the energy going. Yeah. You know, it kind of balances me. Yeah. I, I'm with you completely. I the the act of presenting to me is so mentally exhausting. Um I am a extrovert, uh, which many people get the com- what the words mean confused. So introvert is not that you don't talk to people. It's that you pull, and this is, you probably know this, this is for people listening, but um, mm-hmm. it's and when you're an introvert, what it means is you pull your energy source from internal, right? So, so from an internal source is where you get your energy. X, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't talk to people. It just means that's where you pull your energy from. Very, very commonly confused. Extroverts pull their energy from their surroundings or the people around them. And everybody is not one or the other. You're always some combination of both. And what I found, and this is what really got me on the kick, and I actually did a video about this a few weeks ago, was I was swinging because I wasn't taking care of my health. I had swung way too far to extrovert. So the only place I could get my energy from was from external sources. So when I would go do a presentation, I would you know, give the audience. And then as soon as it was over, I would have nothing in the tank for myself. I would be toast, completely Mm -hmm. exhausted. So what I said was, I need to start building up my internal energy source so that I can plow through those moments and pull from my own energy versus just, you know, relying on what's, um, relying on external sources yeah. and uh and it, dude it's like i mean i'm sure you feel this way because you you're on the peloton all the time so you you got it but it's it's changed my whole work life like i feel like my health now is a competitive advantage against everyone i compete against because mm-hmm. i know at 3 p.m i'm not going outside to like you know 
to like reset my brain or I need to go get a cup of coffee or whatever you need to do. Like I just plow right through the afternoon and that gets you half hour, an hour's worth of work that maybe your competition doesn't. For sure. I think it's a balance. I think, I think the ideal situation I think would be to have both. I think, you know, for me, you feed off of that energy that you hear, whether it's when you, when you share a video or, you know, when I'll send an email or we're at a conference and we get a bunch of good vibes coming back, you know, that motivates and that's inspiring. You know, it's like that cycle, you know, you do all this work, you put out content or you create a product or, or whatever, and you put it out into the world and then the, the world rewards that. That's fantastic. But I think that then needs to be balanced with just an internal drive because you're not always going to have that. And like you were saying before, you know, I listen to um, podcasts um, called Mixergy. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Yep. Um, fantastic. You know, I love those. And uh, Andrew Warner interviews, uh, he's up to like 1800 interviews or something like that with entrepreneurs. And anybody that's been an entrepreneur, does anything entrepreneurial or, or runs a company or anything like that knows that every day is not roses. It's just not. And um, those days that aren't, it takes a lot of internal uh, motivation just to get through it, to get to the next success that everyone likes to celebrate and seize publicly. So I think it's a balance of the two. Yeah. You know, and I think if you have the balance, then then it, then everything kind of jives. But I agree if you're too, too skewed internal to, or too skewed external, I think things get unbalanced and it becomes a lot more difficult yeah. to just do what you do. So, okay. Yeah. So let's, um, let's, let's transition the conversation. Let's um, do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want, uh, maybe give people, you know, now that we're 15 minutes into me chatting with you, um, let's, let's transition, maybe give people the, the, the elevator pitch real quick on you, what you do and forge three. And then yep. I want to, I want to, I, I have a few specific questions I want to get into with you just, just based on your, um, you, you kind of, um, uh, have you have very boots on the ground experience with agencies? You're kind of in it every day with them, and I really want to get into some of that stuff. So, give people yep. the elevator pitch, and then let's let's kind of get into some some uh, more detailed things. Yeah, sounds cool. So, um, my dad was at Chubb his entire career. I was born in Pittsburgh. Um, he started as an underwriter, eventually ran a big agency called Personal Lines Insurance Brokerage that was eventually sold to a hub back probably 15 years ago. So when I graduated in 2000, I went to work for Chubb as well. Didn't plan on it <laughs> at all, but it seems like in the insurance industry, that's what you do. You know, your dad or your mom works in insurance and that's kind of what you do. So I did that for four years or so, uh, working on the internet, intranet site at Chubb and then at PLI, the agency my dad was running that was owned by Chubb. And eventually I broke off from there and, and created Forge 3 back in 2004. And since then, for the last, was that, 14, 15 years almost, um, all we do is the insurance industry. So the, the thing that people know us for now is active agency, um, clickable coverage. A lot of people have heard of these interactive graphics that ex, uh, explain insurance uh, to prospects, takes the focus away from the price. It's just a cool thing. It's a wow factor. So producer love, producers love using those things. But really active agency is the core. So it's a website platform for insurance agencies um, that great first impression. It's not a template. It's very custom for each agency. It has a bunch of cool sales tools and servicing tools built into it. Clickable coverage is one of those. This cool thing called Hello Producer. So producers can put a hashtag Ryan in the address bar before they send that link to a prospect. And it personalizes the entire site with Ryan Hanley's information. Uh, a bunch of forms and notification bars and a bunch of other stuff is built into it. Um, so that's definitely the core of what we do these days. It's been very popular the last two years or so, um, which is where all that growth was coming from that we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. 
Um, in fact, on uh, Thursday, so that's uh, tomorrow as we're recording this, the email that's going out is welcome Jamie. You know, so we we added another person to the team, um, and it's been fantastic. And what's what's been cool for me to see with this journey since 2004 until now um, is how it's kind of evolved. And you were talking before, Ryan, about longevity and just putting in the work. Active agency wasn't around up until about two years ago. So, you know, the first 12 years of Forge 3 was um, not what people see it being today. You know, people say, oh, well, look how successful this is. Look how fantastic this product is. And we love it. And here's testimonials and 10 out of 10 and all this stuff. That came from basically 12 years of trying to figure stuff out, boots on the ground. Um, So now when I go around and I go to conferences or whatever and I'm looking forward to Elevate being there, um, it's fun to, to have conversations with agencies that have been around as long as we have um, and have seen we've seen them grow and they've seen us grow. And uh, you just share a lot of knowledge and you kind of keep up with the times and uh, see what kind of technologies out there to do what we do. And um, a lot of lifelong relationships, I think, have been born out of that. Yeah. So that's that's the nutshell kind of what we do. It's and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and and I've really enjoyed getting to know you too. And it's it's evident to me when um, when we talk and just when we talk about the industry that you've you've been here for it, right? Um, I think now more than ever. Uh, there seem to be gurus popping up and sticking their nose into the insurance industry all over the place, and and I think that's completely fine, right? That's their uh, there's there's no issue with that. I think it pushes us all forward. It's all good, but there is something to be said for longevity, and yeah. and and yes, from the from personal development standpoint, as we were talking about before, but also from a relationship. Uh, uh, from the relationship side, the respect side, and also uh, just the, the trust that, that you know, when, when something pops up, you know, one of the things when I first started doing this that, that really bothered me was, and I heard this over and over and over again, and you probably have too, is that when the internet first came out, it was sold like that it was going to solve all the insurance agents' problems, right? And we had all of these companies pop up that were promising the world, under-delivered, fell apart, and now literally don't even exist anymore or been sold off to VC firms. And yep. the industry was kind of left looking around like, what the heck? We, we, we trusted you guys. <laughs> we thought you guys were going to solve our problems, and you don't even exist anymore. I can't even get a hold of you. And um, I... There, I really worry that with all the new entrants, there's a lot of that there, and I I like and I and I really appreciate and respect the fact that you have worked through this process to where now someone might look around, they're just hearing about you for the first time, but but you've been there. You can talk the talk, speak the language, and people know that you're not you're not just gonna poof vanish. Um, I think that means a lot. I think it's very important yeah. to the industry. I think I always say that um, I think the biggest thing in any business is reputation. And uh, you can ask anybody on the team at Forge 3 and they'll say the same thing. It's it's just it's what we preach and it's how we live internally. And I think honestly, a lot of that came from me watching my dad do what he did. with his career. And he still has these lifelong relationships from like when he was an underwriter in Pittsburgh, just getting started out of college. And that stuff just takes time. And, you know, there's no quick fix for any of this stuff. And you got to be in it for the long haul. And I think if you do the right thing 
over time after time and over the years, that stuff, that's what business is built on. Yeah. And it, it's not just technology companies like Forge 3, it's agencies, it's retail, it's, you know, whatever you want to put in there. Um, I think it all works the exact, the exact same way. It gives you a perspective that a lot of other people don't have. And I think they appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, let's get into some nuts and bolts. I, I, um, there is no doubt that over the course of the last four years of moving to Agency Nation that I have gone from very much a tactician uh, on the agency side when I was literally doing it for an independent agency to now um, the scope of my work is a little broader, right? I'm not literally in it every day, you know, uh, grinding out um, the agency website, you know, building that kind of thing, working on our own website. So I, talk to yeah. me a little bit about some of the things, and, and this is where I wanted to get into it with you, active agency. Um, Mm-hmm. You're working with these websites. You're you're tracking what's working. You know, talk to me a little bit about the agency website game. Like, what has changed in 2018 that maybe wasn't true back in 2016, 2015, 2014? Um, that that someone may want to consider a new website. They may want to just think about doing something differently. Like like right. what's changing boots on the ground that you're seeing day to day. So I think the biggest thing that I've seen is that back in the day, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, um, websites were still pretty new. Uh, and it, it was like, if you had one, that's kind of nice. Now, it's it, often the first impression agencies are making on people, on prospects, on centers of influence, referral partners, clients, whatever, is the website. That's what we do. We all know that we do this. What do you do? The first thing you do is you Google the company, in this case, let's say the agency, and it should show up. And then when you click on that link, usually on mobile now, it needs to look great. Like that's table stakes. If it doesn't, that's, that's a huge disconnect. And you know, what, what we've seen is that still a vast majority of agencies start to fall apart there. Um, you know, the websites haven't been touched for five plus years. Um, there was a story, um, I'll tell you it really quick. Um, Jim principal of the agency running the agency for decades, um, called and said, Hey, sign us up for active agency. And we said, okay, well, why? And he said, well, this never happened to me before, but, um, I had a prospect tell me to my face, the reason he's not going to use our agency is because our website sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. And, and so now do you think Jim, who's been around for a while, do you think he has a better appreciation for the power of just making a first impression with a website? Absolutely. Um, so I think that's a, that's a shift that has happened. And I also think now the expectations of people are just different. People expect to be able to find a phone number. They expect to be educated, especially younger audiences, millennials. There are studies on this. Uh, the one that I often cite is from my J.D. Power and Associates where millennials are looking for information and they want to self-educate. And I'm this way, too. I'm, I'm far from a millennial, but, um, you know, you want to learn and you, you want the, the information to be there whether it's clickable coverage in our case with active agency or if it's just good content or video content or whatever, you know, that stuff matters and, um, forms matter, you know, just making it easy for somebody to request a certificate. Um, live chat is a great thing to add notification so that if there's a big claims event coming, you know, there's a storm coming up the coast, be proactive with it. All that stuff now I think is almost expected. Uh, whereas back 10 years ago, it, it was like, well, do you have a website? Great. Fantastic. Now it's not just, do you have one? It's, is it, is it competing? 
Is it competing with Geico? Is it competing with InsureTech? These, you know, the VC-backed InsureTech folks. Is it competing? And if it's not, then there's there's definitely opportunity. I think for most agencies there. Yeah, I I'm completely with you. It's it. So here's a question that's been in my brain, and this is maybe slightly off topic, but it's actually for uh, for uh, um, for next week's vlog. I've been working on this topic. Um, we talk about search engine optimization, right? And yep. one of the things that I think is most interesting um, is uh, oftentimes people equate search engine optimization just with their website. Like, mm-hmm. but ultimately, but the, the title of search engine optimization literally has nothing to do with your website, right? It's search yeah. engine optimization. It's what do you look like in search? So yeah. when you're working with agencies and you're diving into uh, how to take the agency that they've built through active agency or the website, sorry, the website they've built through active agency. And then right. how are, how are, what are you seeing you know, the trends in these other properties and how we work them all together in, in getting found. Yeah. The, so SEO is still, I think, a confusing topic for a lot of people. And that's probably a, you know, we could probably spend four hours just talking about SEO. But I think that in general, what it really comes down to is um, if we start at the top, it's when somebody types something into Google about what you do, let's say restaurant insurance, Lehigh Valley, PA, are you showing up? And really, that's a content game primarily. You know, the website needs to be built with that in mind and it needs to have those keywords in it um, and all of that. But the reality is, you know, Google uses over 200 different factors to figure out where to put the search rankings. So every time you're searching for something, it's figuring out 200 different things and it's trying to show you what's relevant. Um, things like, is it mobile optimized? Does it work on a smartphone? If it doesn't, it's going to push it lower. Does it have that little padlock in the address bar, SSL security? <clears throat> if it doesn't, well, then it's going to push it lower. But all those technical things, I think, get confused sometimes and people focus on that stuff more than the other big pieces, which is like if somebody searches for you, um, do they see five stars in the Google reviews or the Yelp reviews or Facebook reviews? Um, there are ways that you can promote that, you know? Um, and the other thing that the biggest downside I think that I see when people think about SEO is, all right, well, we can just jam a bunch of keywords into our website and we're going to rank number one for everything. Well, first of all, that's not going to happen. But secondly, we have to remember that when people click on that link to visit the website, they actually want to see something that makes sense to them. And that's where the first impression makes a huge difference. You know, there's there's a study where we have 0.2 seconds. So from the minute you hit a website, an agency website, you have literally two tenths of one second to make up your mind about that agency. I think a lot of times agencies, not just agencies, but just businesses in general, um, have this concept of if I just put a bunch of keywords into the website, great. Like that is what, that's the website strategy. And the reality is it's not because really what you want to do is you want to have this balance of being found in search. When people search for things that you do, you're there. Ideally, number one, you have five stars next to it. When they click on it, they get to the website, but then they are wowed when they get there. The brand looks like it's supposed to. If they're on an agra, if, if you're uh, in restaurant insurance or agriculture or whatever, maybe there's a restaurant picture and there's, an, there's a cornfield. Um, that's where clickable coverage can make a big difference because it keeps people on the page exploring. Videos can make a big difference. Um, so, Ryan, I know a lot of people are inspired by what you guys are doing and doing videos. Fantastic. Those need to live somewhere other than just putting them on your LinkedIn feed. 
um, you know, put those on the website and then drive traffic back to it. Google sees that because people are spending more time on that page. And as a result, it pushes it higher in the ranking. So search is one of those things that it's a, it's a big topic, but it's, it's not that complicated. If the website has great content on it and you're doing a good job figuring out what your audience is, in many ways, this SEO part, quote unquote, takes care of itself. And am, am I wrong in assuming that if, if an agency were to work with you guys, Forge 3, and have uh, an active agency website, a lot of the technical stuff that you just described that confuses people and you waste a lot of time uh, on that kind of stuff. I don't want to say waste. You, you can spend a lot yeah. of time with not necessarily as much a return as if um, you were to you know, actually do that video or write that blog post or update that uh, restaurant landing page. So is that kind of, is, am I, is that a, a good assumption that like by, yeah. by you working with like an active, a lot of the technical stuff is taken care of and then I can focus on just creating the video and getting the content out there. hundred percent. Yeah. So in many ways that that's a solved problem. You know, if you go back in our history, back when we were getting started, when it was just me and, uh, and eventually one other person way back when, and now we have a, a great team of people, but back then we were building websites one off. So an agency or a carrier would come to us and say, Hey, can you build us a website? And it would be a four $40,000 project and it would take forever. And, and the reason why active agency I think has been as successful as it has is because we took that knowledge and understanding over the years and built it into a platform. So the, the technical pieces that you're talking about, you know, is it optimized for search? Does it load on mobile? Does it have all of the forms that I need for certificates and ID cards and annual review forms? And, and this cool clickable coverage thing is built into it and notification bars and hello producer, you know, all that stuff is just there. It's in the platform. So then, our job really for a, for a new agency signing up is to customize the heck out of it so that it reflects the agency and then it use and use could be it looks great it just does what it does automatically it automatically because it's uh, search optimized already oftentimes what we'll see is the agencies once we launch the site there's a pretty big improvement in search results just natively without doing anything else but for agencies that want to take it to the next step that's where content comes in and you know i mean you know obviously we're preaching to the choir here i am because <laughs> you know content is a big piece of it and just putting out great content um, on the platform, whether it's active agency or on other platforms, um, on your social accounts or whatever, uh, email is a big one that a lot of people miss still, mm -hmm. um, just sending off consistent emails. Um, that's really where I think it, it separates the, um, the good agencies from the great agencies. I agree. I, I completely agree. So you've mentioned clickable coverage a couple of times now. Can you, uh, explain a little bit what clickable coverage is? Cause actually the, the first time we ever chatted was because I saw clickable yeah, coverage right. and I was interested in it. So, um, yeah. tell, talk to the agency or the agency, talk to the audience a little bit about what that is. Yeah. So this was, a, this is a cool concept. Um, this, this actually predates, uh, active agency. So I don't know how long ago was that now, Ryan, that was probably four years four ago, four years ago I, at yeah. least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the problem that we, we saw was that <laughs> insurance isn't the sexiest thing on the planet for most non-insurance people to want to read about. And what producers were running up against is, well, you know, here's a trifold and here's an email and here's a bunch of garbly gook insurance stuff that explains why you should have all these coverages. But at the end of the day, nobody read that stuff. It's boring. Nobody wants to, to read that or spend time on it. So um, years ago, four or five years ago, we sat down 
and said, how can we make it more interesting? And that's where these interactive graphics came into play called clickable coverage. So initially, you remember probably, Ryan, that they were cartoons, basically, um, these kind of crude looking cartoon um, scenes, these graphics with these little hot spots on top of them. So if it's a restaurant, let's say, there might be a little hot spot over the uh, the terminal that you, you accept credit cards on. And when you click on that, these things live on the agency website. When you click on that, it opens up and talks about cyber liability as it relates to, to a restaurant. Um, and maybe you close that one and then you click on Uh, the trash can and it talks about what happens if your food spoils or you click on somebody else and it's EPLI and you click on the sign and it's sign coverage and maybe there is a valet parking and you know so you get the idea and now you know fast forward four years and up until today now we have dozens of these graphics they're very professional looking they look like pictures Uh, we use the same tools that architects use to create uh, renderings of buildings uh, to create these things um, and we have six more in the works. And what's been cool about it is hearing the stories from producers, um, but also seeing how much time non-insurance people spend on these things. So the average that we saw for a long time, and it's actually increased since then, um, is six minutes and 20 seconds. So think about that. When was the last time you spent six minutes and 20 seconds doing anything, especially on an insurance website? But that's what these non-insurance prospects essentially are doing. They're learning about insurance. It's taking their focus away from the premium, and it's making them think about, do I have the right coverage? And as we know, that's really half the battle. As a producer, it's an education game, and it's just a really cool, effective tool um, to educate and also differentiate the agency in the process. So, you know, I, the thing I always liked about clickable coverage and um, and and I still do today is that it's not something that you've seen before. That was what initially drew me to it was like I, I looked at it and I said, I don't know if this works or not. And obviously it, it does. You just gave the results. But like when my first thought was I've never seen it before. And that makes me want to check it out and play with it. And if you can get your consumers yeah. to do that kind of stuff and then mix it in with with, uh, you know, and again, you're no one strategy is the whole strategy, right? So it's not like you can just fill your website no. with clickable nope. coverage forms and it, it solves all your problems, right? But you have maybe uh, some content about home insurance. So you have a page about it and then you do a couple videos about it on on slightly different topics, but related to home insurance. And then you have uh, a clickable coverage form and then you have maybe um, some audio you did. And, and again, we're talking, you're building this up over 12, 18 months. Well, now yep. when someone hits it's your website and they click around just and they're all they're doing is mentally verifying you know, very few people are actually going to consume all that content very very few but what they're trying to yep. do is mentally verify your expertise and i think by having a mix especially something like clickable coverage and video and then maybe a couple blog posts and some images of you with homeowners who you've written you know coverage for um you know, I, I love the bro shot in front of the house or something, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Bam. Like it clicks over in their head yeah. and they some trigger goes off that says, I can trust this person. You know, I can trust Steve. I can trust Sally. Yeah. They're there. They, this feels like something that I want to be a part of. And then they when they pick up the phone and call you, they're already sold. And 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 I love that aspect of it and how it just takes it, it's one thing. It's one additional thing that they probably haven't seen someplace else. And it's going to help. It's going to take them one step closer to. I trust this person. And, uh, and that yeah. was why I really loved it. 
hundred percent. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. It's kind of a wow factor. Um, there was one quick story, Jack, a young producer wanted to get into the brewery business, I think in Wisconsin somewhere and, uh, took his iPad with them. They work on iPads. You can load them up on the iPad and, um, went out to a brewery association and sat down with the guy and said, Hey, I just want to show you something and start tapping through these things. And the guy was blown away by it. And he got that deal not just because of clickable coverage. It just happened to be one tool in Jack's toolbox that made him different. And um, I, you did a video, it was a while ago now, right? But um, where, you know, it's the benefit of putting out content and educating using these different tools is that the, the audience that you attract tends to be self-selecting. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes like last week when I was um, keynoting the conference, I had a couple of questions on, well, you know, how do you make sure that you don't use these social media ads or your website or these different things that we're talking about? And how do you make sure you don't get junk? You know, these tire kickers and how cheap can I get my auto policy kind of people? And the reality is it, it typically doesn't happen because when you do these things that we're talking about, you're differentiating yourself as an agency. And as a result, you differentiate the type of people that you attract. Yeah. And I, it makes it a lot, makes it a lot. Of, and you saw that firsthand when you're working at Murray. Yes. Yeah. So actually, um, I have some very hard evidence on that. Uh, we used to use the term on our, uh, on our website, on our form, uh, we used say, get a quote commonly used across the industry. And I got tire kickers. Um, and what I, I changed it from get a quote to get a proposal. And then I changed it from get a proposal to schedule a call. And I tested those. And yeah. get, schedule a call got the least, but had the highest conversion rate. Schedule a proposal had more um, than get a call. But both of them almost took tire kickers completely out of the equation. Because what we did was... Um, basically tell people, you know, we were, we were putting language on the site that someone who didn't really want to put in the work or weren't going to take you seriously, they were self-selecting out of that process. And, and, and you know this as well as anybody, and, and certainly probably the audience does too, because I banged this drum for forever. You get back what you put out into the world with marketing. So if you're talking about discounts and you're talking about cheap and you're using the word sale or whatever, right? Well, you know, we can get you a quote in two minutes. Well, you're going to get people who feel like they insurance only deserves two minutes. And that's what I think, you know, I get all this behavioral stuff that a lot of the insure techs are talking about when they go D to C. But what I haven't heard yet from one of them is that there is, I think retention is going to be an enormous problem for them. I think that mm -hmm. adverse selection is going to be an enormous problem for them. And I think ultimately people aren't going to respect their company. If it takes two questions to give me a homeowner's quote, how, why would I ever like build trust and respect with you? Yeah, you made it easy for me and that's great and, and, and God bless you for doing that. But at the same time, you're not earning that person's trust. You're just giving them a lowest common denominator way of getting a price on homeowner's insurance. And I'm, I'm positive the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? So we, you know, traditional insurance has to get easier to work with. But I think that a lot some of these insure techs have gone too far in the ease of quote um and i i think the answer is somewhere in the middle i don't know i agree I, I think there's i think there's an absolute middle ground and you know if you if you look at the definition of insure tech it's really just using technology to streamline the business to make yeah. it more efficient right it's not a it's not a huge scary term i think a lot of people just uh, relate insure tech with, you know, these huge companies that want to take over the world and completely 
obliviate the industry. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen personally. I think there's going to be change. Change is inevitable. But for, for, for me and what I've seen in the industry, the agencies that are the most successful are the ones that adapt with the change. You have to embrace these, the tools, the technology, whatever you can do to streamline the process, to make it easy for a prospect or easy for an insured or whomever it would be to do business with you. Why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. You know, it's not as scary as, as it may seem for a lot of people. Once you start thinking of it just as, yeah, I want to make life easy for people. All right, well, how do you do that? Well, maybe live chat on the website is an easy thing to do. And it is. I mean, you can add that for free. Um, that's not a very difficult thing. It's just a matter of embracing it as an agency, I think, and um, and just keeping up with it. And if you do that, you're already ahead of a vast majority of the tens of thousands of agencies in the country um, because oftentimes they're not doing it. Yeah, you, There's an opportunity there. I completely agree with you. You know, you can't tell me that customer and service is important to your business or one of your competitive advantages, yet people are only allowed to do business with you the way you want to do business. That just, exactly. that just intrinsically does not work. And the reality is technology makes it simpler. Like there's an agency that, that we work with um, that gets over a thousand certificate requests per year through their website. Do you think that's easier for them to manage than getting random phone calls and emails and maybe a couple text messages and people stopping into the agent? Absolutely. You know, so so the technology, so that's insure tech, quote yeah. unquote, right? Yeah, yeah. You're making it more efficient because you're using this basic technology called a form on the website. Man, that's not very complicated. Um, but yet that's what, that's what insureds are looking for. I yeah. don't think they're necessarily looking for, you know, go on and then hit a couple buttons and then spit off a certificate and I download a PDF and then there it, that would be great. And agency management systems can do that. So integrate those with the website. If you have access to those, if you subscribe to those, otherwise just make it simple for somebody. Like I needed a support for, for forge three, somebody emailed, um, asking for a certificate of insurance. Okay, great. So I went on and I just did it online, you know, and I sent it into the, to my, uh, to my agent and, uh, and got it back. I didn't need to do that myself. I didn't have to have the system generated for me, but I want to make sure that process is simple. Yeah. Um, and that I think at the, at the core of it is really what technology is all about. I mean, think about the tools that we have now. We have YouTube. If we didn't have YouTube, how would we do what you're doing, right? And getting videos out there would be yep. very difficult. Um, you know, we have web technologies and if we didn't have those, well then us creating something like active agency or clickable coverage wouldn't be possible. We have live chat systems. We have, you know, CRMs, we have apps to send handwritten cards, uh, without handwriting them. That's a service called bond B O N D dot C O. It's super cool. Um, you know, all these things, like why not embrace them? And I think the biggest part is just knowing what they are, being aware of them and getting a little bit inspired to, to try some of them. And then once you do, that becomes your, the part of your differentiation. Yeah, I agree. I, hey, Jeff, I, I am so happy that you're going to be at Elevate. Um, and, I'm pumped. Uh, it's yeah, going to be fun. Yeah, and I want people to come check out what you guys have going on. Um, you'll have a table at Elevate. It's going to be great. Um, um, you were a speaker last year. You'll be a speaker in 2019. Uh, I'm glad that you're part of the event again. Uh, if they want to check you guys out before they attend Elevate, uh, where, where can people find you and where can people find your company? 
Yeah, the easiest place, obviously, is the website. So it's Forge3, F-O-R-G-E, the number three, dot com. Uh, me personally, LinkedIn is a great place. It's another tool we, even, we didn't even talk about yeah. <laughs> that a lot of people, I think, could take, have a ton of value in it, especially producers. Uh, you just look for me there. And, uh, you know, it's Jeff Teshke, T-E-S, as in Sam, C-H-K-E. And uh, connect with me there. And um and then I'd say the only other place to go would be uh, forge3.com slash newsletter. That's, we were talking early on, Ryan, about the emails and just being consistent with it. And, um, those, uh, those emails go out like clockwork on Thursday and the feedback we get back on those has been fantastic. So if you're curious what those look like, um, even if you use them for inspiration at the agency and start doing some of the things that we do with that, um, you know, feel free to do that. Awesome. I'm looking forward to elevate. Yeah. Nice job getting the, uh, getting the second one going and uh, looking forward to being there and seeing you and all the others. Thanks. Thanks, man. And, uh, and, and so everyone knows the quality of dude that Jeff is. He was on a family vacation last year, flew in in the morning, did his presentation and flew out. It was it was tremendous. I mean, I wish we had gotten to spend more time together, but at the same time, I I appreciated you uh, kind of being part of the first event, uh, guys. I will have if you if you don't remember everything Jeff just said, go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast, find our episode. I'll have everything linked up there as well. And if you do not have your ticket to elevate, there still might be tickets left. I don't know if there will be. We are um, we're just we're just under sixty tickets. We released about twenty more tickets last week. Uh, we're kind of we have a hard stop um, on tickets, so we're kind of uh, releasing them very slowly uh, here at the end. So we have less than sixty tickets. Go get your ticket don't miss this event uh you you will uh you will be sorry this is and and i mean that not from like a negative standpoint but just it's the energy there the place vibrates it's a lot of fun jeff you're a big part of it my friend thank you for all you do guys we're gonna get out of here thanks ryan see ya awesome man that's great if they show love i'ma show it back if the catch is too small i'ma throw it back i've done a lot but i ain't got a lot to show for that all right yeah let's do that again they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's get into it. A lot of things have happened since we last spoke. Like smash hopes, half empty, not as glasses broke. And I'm the captain of this crash boat. So when it's time to sink and swim, I always choose to do the back flow. I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am. My modesty's my greatest quality. I know I'm only just alright with this hard of rhyming No, I'm not applying myself, in fact I'm hardly trying But just imagine what would happen if I stuck to rapping Man, I'd probably have a helicopter and a couple mansions With some guard dogs and a bunch of fans they love attacking Probably not, but it's fun to imagine Hey, yo, I can't complain of where I'm at, I'm just happy to be here I'd be ecstatic if we happen to have a repeat here Thanks to Pro Leader, I'm rapping the heaters While passing the reefer, man, that's what I call having a breather they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I used to be a Mormon saying things like God.
cash and dang it Now I'm trying to rap while I act like I don't want to make it So fuck a record deal I only say that cause they haven't made the offer yet I'm confident they never will My only competition is myself from the year previous It's clear to me I have to fear greediness And steer clear from that media hype and devious types I'm booking my Expedia flights immediately That's right, I'm leaving tonight to find some peace on the beaches where I'm 